I can't believe he just did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And you called my content inappropriate. (laughs) Well, this is end of content, like. (laughs) Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby. I'm your host Adam, coming to you from Johannesburg, a very stormy Johannesburg. Today I'm joined by Matt and George, who is wearing a tie and pants and shirt and other clothing, right? <laughs> what are you wearing? It's our awards day. Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to come clean. I didn't bother to go put on a shirt and tie, so I just grabbed my dirty t-shirt from yesterday and threw that back on. Oh, so okay. I'm in a t-shirt. So you, but you're not in just your jocks though. No, 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 I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Oh, okay. No shoes. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, ben, thanks for coming back from... Where were you? I was watching golf. The Davis Cup, I'm going to call it that. Not, not the, the It's Cup. called the Afri-Asia. It's like on the European tour. and the, it? It's a tri-sanctioned event between the European, the Asian, and the Sunshine Tours. Sunshine Tour is like the South African golf. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, but no one in Mauritius really watches golf, so like you just, so like you can just go up to the players and like chat with them, and it's, it's really cool. Ernie Alsus play. Oh, lekker. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, he, I heard he, I heard he drinks like a champ. He's at the bar. Uh, um, isn't that close that I could go have a drink with Ernie? But uh, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Like he, general public barred from the clubhouse. Yeah, I, I, I did actually. Like I could have gone and shook his hand, but I was just I was sitting down, so I couldn't be bothered. I, I took a photo of him though, which is a lot of effort if, for me. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair. <laughs> someone, someone who's going to put in a lot of effort this week is Alex in Cape Town. Mm. How's it going? Yeah, Adam, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good, but how are you? Okay. Thanks. Uh, um, I anything you. new with you, yes. Alex? What's, what's your oh. good news? Yeah, what's your news? <laughs> oh, <yeah. All> right. <laughs> well, thank you for asking, Adam. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we we, we, we moved house this weekend. Um, <laughs> we 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 uh, so we we moved out of our um, out of our flat, um, aka Flatrick Two Pilatu, and we moved into our new house, aka House A Samaki. Nice. Um, so that's what, that's what I've been doing this weekend. So a lot of, a lot of prep work uh, for that punchline. Coming up with that joke. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a mortgage for that punchline. <laughs> um, right, we, yeah, well, first of all, congrats, Alex, uh, on your move. And uh, congrats to all of us. Um, we're heading to the end of the year, and there's less and less rugby to talk about, but we're still at it. And we will have a full schedule of podcasts coming away over the festive season. There might be a week where we don't do one. We haven't actually talked about schedules. We are that disorganized. But there will be a majority of content coming through for December. But for today, we've got a lot of news to get through. We're going to chat also about the Bar Bar's last gasp win over Argentina. And then the, the real highlights, uh, World Rugby, which these awards had so much heat. It's the ERB Awards for the year. Uh, and big, 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 big credits. Big What's credits. that? The, the, the people in the background just going wild, Adam. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm connected on a highly sophisticated internal microphone system. So that's uh, why I can keep going as if the crowd is distracting me. Oh. I know it sounds louder behind me, but, but we have a, a very powerful voice suppression mic or, or, or noise suppression mic. So professional. It is, yeah. Uh, World Rugby wishes they had as much heat as our awards because their awards are pretty tough, <laughs> apart from when South Africans. Oh, yeah, Have we got pyro? 
Uh, it just rained here in Joburg, unfortunately, but I was hoping we'd get some pyro down in our sister branches, like in Cape Town. What the golf actually? Uh, any pyro sure, down? yeah. I'll... Mauritius, the Mauritius, I'll... they they love they love fireworks and shit like that. I'm sure they'll be tonight for the golf, excellent, so if we excellent. can claim that was for our award. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right, just to... like a, a full twenty-five percent of our listenership is based in Mauritius, so that that'll yes. work. Or listen, to <laughs> see it. <laughs> right, uh, to start off with the news, something uh, a bit sad. Former Springbok hooker, Narka Drotsky, uh, he was involved in a violent incident uh, upon his brother's, brother's small holding uh, outside Pretoria. It resulted in the World Cup winning Springbok uh, being shot three times in the chest, arm and abdomen. Uh, Osturant, uh, the former hooker's uh, prop uh, and oh. Springbok teammate, uh, who, they're also our business partners. He was also there. He came away uninjured. Uh, it turns out, I'm just going to quickly read this. This comes from uh, Sport24. And the header for the story is Osterant. He asks SA to pray for Narka Drutsky. We have since seen a picture of Narka in hospital with a big thumbs up. So he is, well, not well, but he, he came through it. Uh, just to read the story. Uh, Osterant, he escaped serious injury on Thursday night while involved in an armed robbery outside Pretoria. Durant's former cheater has been brought to at Narka Drutsky. Wasn't as fortunate uh, as he sustained those injuries, as mentioned. The duo, who are business partners these days, were the Trotsky's brothers. Ten, a small holding. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a small holding is, it's just a house with a big plot of land uh, on it. Along with Tennis's girlfriend, Nadia Yuster, and three children when the attack occurred. No more than five minutes after the attack, Durant left with Trotsky to rush into hospital. On the way, however, the towering prop and hooker, they got into an accident. Uh, to quote Yuster, they were about three kilometers away from the hospital. There was an accident that drove over an island, and the tire burst. Also jumped in front of a car to stop people to get knocked to hospital. Also thought very quickly. Also uh, stopped the second car so he could get to the hospital to be with his former teammate. Uh, the doctor mentioned if we had to wait for an ambulance, Narka would have died of blood loss. The doctor said that he had already lost a third of his blood. And just on Saturday, oh, Durant, wow. who's 46, took Twitter, took a Twitter to thank everyone for the messages and to keep Trotsky in their thoughts. Uh, and as I said, there's a picture now of Trotsky in hospital with a thumbs up. I'm sure he's in a, probably a crap load of pain. But uh, just our thoughts out to the Trotsky family and anybody associated with Trotsky and even Durant in Cheetah's rugby. I know those guys are legends. I'm in Bloemfontein and South African rugby. A very unfortunate incident, but thankfully... Uh, no life is lost. So just glad that, that they came through. So, um, yeah, just a reminder, guys. Uh, you know, there's rugby and then there's uh, other stuff. Yeah. Stay, stay, stay safe up there. Sorry? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to say I didn't think I could like Osterant anymore, yeah. but I think I do now. <laughs> yeah. like, just like, yeah. the idea of him commandeering vehicles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. fucking hero. Save lives. So, uh, I like how they... I like how they say like he stopped vehicles, yeah. and they just leave it at that. Like he didn't, he didn't kind of, <laughs> With his bare he didn't hands. like ask people to stop. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's like he stopped the vehicles. It's he basically like an outtake. By, he just sort of yeah, it's like, it's like an outtake from a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. He basically, just us stopping vehicles in their tracks. And, like plowing away through traffic for Narka's car. Imagine driving in Pretoria you know, like a rugby-rich culture, and suddenly Orst just jumps out in front of your car, you'll be like, oh my god, this is my lucky day. Like, I get to drive Orst to hospital. This is amazing. Uh, just, uh, that no- happened to me. Well, not, not that exact story, but uh, <laughs> I almost ran over Sia Khaleesi in Rondebosch once. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, think Orst... Scott Berger hooted at me once. Nice, nice. Um, I'm actually thinking... Oscar's probably had to, Oscar can be glad he was up like up north somewhere where they drive bigger cars. Because in Cape Town he'd have to at least wait for the first three or four hatchbacks to come past before he found something big enough he could climb into. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Joski, uh, he got injured uh, when um, he saved the family he was with as he tackled four armed suspects who came into the house. Yeah, he just vigilanted the shit out of them. Yeah. So, 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 as again, our thoughts are with obviously the Joska family, uh, uh, I guess Os, one could say that, and and those who do know him, and Freestyle Rugby, uh, both of those guys are legends out there. So, glad everything worked out. Somewhere where it hasn't worked out that well. Hmm? Sorry, before you segue, Droski probably like stopped all four of the gunmen with one arm while the other arm was still turning the bryflares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the most disappointing uh, part of the story is a chop got slightly overcooked in the computer. Well, Droski yeah. on his way, like as he's getting bundled into the car, he's just giving instructions to his brother, like, no, 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 stay here. There's two chops yeah, on just, the fire. Just, just, just watch. And there's it's a coil of water. It's got about seven so minutes. Before, then you can turn it again. There's a coil of horse and he needs to get cooked still. And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and he didn't spill his beer the whole time. <laughs> um, Sorry, what were you saying? Didn't uh, go so but, well, Adam? Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of ruined my segue, but just to, just to kind of head into it. Apparently, Springer Mustard, he finally made his debut for Gloucester on Saturday, but the Lions are reportedly still seeking intervention from World Rugby in relation to how the deal was done for a player to join the English club. Uh, the Lions feel that there was irregularities in Gloucester's negotiations with Mostert, who came on in the 71st minute of his new club's 36-16 win over the Worcester Warriors, according to Afrikaans newspaper Rapport. Uh, the Lions have sent a strong request to reconsider their decision to clear Mostert to play after having ruled out there was nothing illegal in the negotiations. Meanwhile, turncoat coach Johan Ackerman, turncoat, meanwhile hit back <laughs> at his former employees in Johannesburg by quoting, and he was quoted by Gloucester Live, I'm surprised that that did not because... Why didn't they do the fight for Yaku Kuril or Drew Andrea or Fafri Clerk or any other player that left them in the last two seasons? He was quoted. I'm surprised more because I thought every player here, here comes and every player person has got free will to choose where he wants to go. If I sign a contract and it ends on a certain date of time, surely I can make a decision on my future future forward. Regardless of what that contract was decided, the viewers that person made a conscious decision. My next chapter in my life is with X, Y, and Z. So he's pretty much telling the Lions to um, eat eat shit. But, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a, I've got a question and a statement. Okay, so the uh, statement is, is that I don't I, like Johan Ackerman's kind of talking crap because, yeah. like on paper at least the Lions aren't, aren't trying to stop Franco's transfer because he's a Lions player. They're saying they're suggesting that there's something illicit about this particular deal. So to say that oh well they didn't kick up a fuss about Yaka Creel or or Fafta Clerk or any other players, you're like, well, yeah, dude, because those were legal contracts, at least according to the Lions. So that's just like a really weird comparison for him to make. But my question is, what what do the Lions actually want? What are they hoping to achieve? They want money. Like, like yeah. obviously they can't, they can't well, force Master to come back and play for them. They just want right. a bigger mm. compensation, basically. Is yeah. his contract over with outright or not? Their argument is that his contract was probably not over. So they can... T- um, essentially, yeah, that he's left with two options. Either paying out a lot more or, you know, fuck. It's very likely... Surely that's, like, surely that's very cut and dry. Yeah, it should be, but I don't, I don't know. know. Like it's but but this is also what I don't understand. I was looking... Because there's that article I saw now earlier today, I think I shared it in the group, about what Brexit's going to do. Gloucester's pretty much fucked because... All of, all, all of our call pack players, all their call pack players aren't going to count. And that, yeah. it goes so far as like the Welsh players don't count anymore. The Scottish players don't count anymore either. It's only the Irish players and the British players that will count. 
Wait, what? Yeah. So they, yeah. They, they're basically saying with with we've, we've talked about this before, but with Brexit. Yeah, hmm. yeah but I'm confused about Cause, the, cause the Scottish Welsh players. Because they're not British. Well, uh, they don't. They don't have British passports. Is essentially what it's going to boil down. No, to. they do. They do have British passports. Though. No, they've got UK. They've got UK one. Yeah, so they're fine. Uh, they're, they're, but it's slightly different. It's not necessarily Brit. It's basically British qualified players or something. British qualified players is what it's gunning for. Britain and England. Okay, are the same. So I mean, forgive my Ireland has, but I, I thought that Brexit meant Wales and Scotland were leaving, were exiting too. Yeah, but by the yeah, looks of this article says that the the Welsh and the Scottish players buying their trade in England are also going to. There's going to be a hiccup period with them because they sovereign, they separate sovereign entities as well. So I fuck, I can't. I gave up halfway through this article. Okay. No, I mean, no, no, no. Like, I, I got, I got the coal pack part, but I didn't really understand when they were talking about Scottish like, and Welsh on, players. Because yeah, to me, they're still British. But. Yeah, because that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's sorry, go back. Yeah, I was going to say Ireland has a has a treaty with England that predates. The EU. That's why Ireland Irish players are going to be deemed fine because that's essentially there's going to be like a month or two, I think, before they work out the the paperwork between Scotland and Ireland. Ah, Scotland and Wales. But yeah, the rest of them are screwed. And I'm they're actually sure. that's, totally, that's totally bizarre. And it has it's that's unique then to the sport because yeah, obviously it's... Brexit doesn't imply that all Scottish and Welsh. You know, workers, members of the workforce in London have to now apply for work visas. Yeah, I mean, they're part of the same. Nation. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll see what I can find it on again. In terms of South Africa, unless they change the law, all yeah. South Africans now are going to be classed as foreign players. English yeah, teams, at least, are only allowed news. two. Are only allowed two foreign players. In a match. And obviously, in a match. Yeah, in your. So, so realistically, but you don't want eight on your books if only two can play at a time. If you know what I mean, like. You yeah, probably so, um, only have two, maybe three. Gloucester had only three this week, actually, including EU players, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like like callback players. Yeah, like yeah the, so, the, and if and if you're and if you're a Franco master, you're not going to agree to be the fifth or sixth player on their books yeah. when you know yeah. there are only two can play. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah so let's see. Bristol yeah, Bears had six players this weekend playing for them who would be deemed as foreign players come Brexit time. But, but, Falcons, then, but then they, they Saints, also, six. but Bristol Bears also already have foreign players, foreign players, yeah. Like, yeah. who are taking up those two slots. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they have. They, they have Pietau and uh, Lertua, I think. Yeah. 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 Who, who, are, who are taking up those two slots already. Mm. So essentially those six people, there's literally no place for them. Yeah, they're four players. They're four players of those six are basically through loopholes playing as local boys. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think what they're saying is they have two, and then they have another. No, no, no. They've, been, they've got now. Nah, they've got. I've got, I've got. Yeah. They've no, no. They've got four under the call pack. They've got. Okay. okay there's two yeah. columns. There's one column. This is how many counters foreign today. Oh, sorry, I'm not actually reading the article. Yeah, I'm well, just thumbs up. The main, the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> the main thing to there's there's two aspects here. Uh, the Premiership, uh, the British, the English Premiership, and uh, not the football, the rugby. They currently only allow for two foreign players, which is pretty much all blacks and wallabies, uh, South Africans, and people from the Pacific Islands. They all are classed as part as call pack, as you mentioned, on the 29th when uh, the UK leaves. Europe. Uh, if there's no deal, immediately those players will, will be classed as foreign-born, and that creates a problem. Uh, and even if the if the current deal is proposed by Theresa May is struck, well, that's a massive if. 
that only put, kicks the can down the road because then it's just a transition period where still free travel will apply. I know this because my wife and I are traveling overseas to Europe on March 30th. We didn't plan it very well, so we're kind of, we're kind of watching this. Just, Adam's just going to be there watching Brexit falling Dude, around. I'll be following like, Brexit just like a bus, but um, overall... Also, I looked, had a look now at Scotland and Wales is... That it's more actually just there's nothing changes. The premiership could just fucking typical journalist. Premiership could decide to opt to count them as foreign moving forward. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's retarded. I, I don't think they'll be able to, surely. But look, uh, the English, the football Premier League also faces a similar problem and they will likely be given an exception in a certain sense, visa wise, maybe the same with rugby. So that's uh, something to watch. Of course watch. they will. Hmm? Uh, just a quickie race through a couple of very quick items. Uh, Brendan Fenter, he's just said the box are worse this year than last. Uh, I'm just saying that. Uh, you could read the article and stuff. What I'm saying to Brendan is it's... Uh, 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 he, I think he, Brendan Fenter's worse this year than last, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, and he's not, he's not even involved, so that says a lot. Uh, the Bulls, they've confirmed the signing of Scott Brits. Uh, he's involved. But Brits pretty much uh. said that he didn't end up signing up for the Stormers. Look, uh, they did a whole story about it, just to quickly read you the quotes. Before moving on, blah, 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 blah. I plan to go to the Stormers, but then I received a message saying they have financial issues. That's an understatement. And so now I'll be joining the Bulls, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, confirmed. Bulls are in the dwang. Where's the problem rugby? Uh, we always have something about them. They've been cleared in the Paul Chu discrimination investigation. Western Province Rugby and Thursday announced that an independent investigation found in forms of discrimination and unfair labour practices related to the claims made by Stormers assistant coach Paul Chu. The union said it received the comprehensive final report from legal firm Bowman's which made no negative adverse finding against any Vietpia rugby officers, coaches, or staff. The investigation followed after True had stormed out of a Stormers season review meeting earlier this year. He reportedly said he had had enough of being treated poorly and was not going to take it anymore. Uh, Paul Zacks, by the way, he was uh, elected uh, CEO of, oh no, that's Western Province Rugby Group, the other Oak, I can't remember his name, is the new thing. He just said he stressed that the union was committed to transformation and good governments and viewed these allegations in a serious light. Um, blah 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 blah. I just hope Paul True that he ends up in something a bit better. Uh, let's see what else. Sean McMahon, he's confirmed signing for the Sunwolves. Who got draft pick? Was it you, Alex? Who called it? Yeah, draft pick. Draft yeah, pick yeah. We'll, we'll see no, that. no, I don't think it was a fair draft pick because Alex announced it, then claimed it. Hmm. Who was this for? Sean McMahon. Draft pick. <laughs> oh. I reset draft pick after you said draft pick, go, Alex. No, it's, uh, fine. it's fine. I'll see. I'll see you both um, in February when we do. No, that. let's let's. Uh, we we're missing the point though because I've draft picked that entire list of Wikipedia, that Wikipedia list of Super Rugby players. I think Sean McMahon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, just going to edit that just before the draft yeah, to delete all the players. I, I got denied Lappies because I have got his name wrong. So you know we're, yeah. we're very technical. Uh, is it rugby? Cool. They, they have explained why the Springboks did not wear rainbow laces. Uh, I did find the answer very interesting. Following the homophobic attack against Wales captain Gareth Thomas, the 44-year-old Thomas was attacked in Cardiff by a 16-year-old boy who admitted assault. As a show of support for Thomas, um, and I, if you just read a bit, a bit about Gareth Thomas, the guy, his story is quite hectic um, in terms of just being gay in rugby. I think it's, it's really, I just suggest you, I think you just read up a bit on him, uh, the sort of stuff that he went through. Uh, but anyway, players from several teams, the wore Lambo races during test matches on 24 November, including England, uh, the All Blacks, France and Wales, when asked by Mamba Online, I've never heard of them, but uh, anyway, why the box had not worn rainbow laces against Wales and Cardiff. Air Sarabi spoke and said, and I quote, there are many social issues facing South Africa. 
unemployment, inequality, intolerance, farm murders, corruption, service delivery issues, poverty, and there are many more charitable causes, as well as natural disasters such as droughts and fires which demand attention. So, Jesus, you know, things aren't looking great. Can you just, just, read, just read that list again? <laughs> you should have thrown an ESCOM. <clears throat> there are many social issues facing South Africa. Unemployment, inequality, intolerance, farm murders, corruption, service delivery issues, poverty, and then there are many charitable causes as well as natural disasters, such as charts and fires wow. which demand attention. Wow, yeah, okay. Geez. Look, let me just, so, so, let me just so, so tell you. So he's basically uh, saying because, they're, because they're, there's one set of bad things, Another set of bad things isn't uh, as bad. No, 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 Let me just finish. Let me, I'll finish what he says, though, just for full context of being a little bit unfair. Uh, let me make fun of him. We are frequently asked <laughs> to support any number of them through the vehicle of a Springboks. We cannot support them all. To be asked to choose between them is not the role of a sports federation. SRAP has, however, sorry, the close quote. SRAP has, however, given a support to the Jersey Cats. Um, that's again inclusive rugby club based here in Johannesburg. All their players are gay. Uh, in March, we made our position clear. So the spokesperson, Mark Tal- the spokesperson said, Mark Talisander, the president of SRAP, affirmed our support um, for the Jersey Cats, saying rugby is all-inclusive and everyone participating in the game should be treated equally and should feel free to be themselves on or off the field, regardless of their gender, race, and sexual orientation. There's no place for discrimination in the game. I'd like to thank the Jersey Cats for the role they're playing in changing the face of the game and for the determination to show that there is a place for everyone in rugby. Eh. Like I think the the spokesperson. So, yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it's a fair response. Like I I kind of get his yeah. point. Like because I don't think he. So Ben, so, I think I don't think he's saying that one. Like just yeah, well, one no, no, I, I kind of get. He, he's saying like we can't be a vehicle for everything. Yeah. because... But I mean, like, so that's the point, right? Is that if they were to do it, it opens the door. Because like, whoever asked it. this question is is obviously fishing for like a controversy. Like oh what you actually you guys are homophobic or whatever because you, you know they're clearly trying to get like some something sensational. Yeah. But if you do support really? it, from, then, from, a, from a renowned news service like uh, Mumba, I know Mumba. like you'd, you'd be <laughs> shocked <laughs> what people do. Mumba number five. But, but like so you, you know you do something like this and then you next time around where there's another you know high profile trending you know change your profile picture to to I don't know the Eiffel Tower or something and you don't yeah. do it. Then the same journalists are going to be phoning up, being like, "Oh, why did you, you did that one, if not this one?" So what you like, you care about the, about gay people, but you don't care about Islamophobia or you know anti-Semitism. Yeah, you're like, Fuck guys, no, like we care so about all of them, but like, you know, so you it's, it's easier don't. just to not, yeah, just to not not to like single anyone out. But but I want to point out the fact that that in the list of of woes that are plaguing South Africa. <laughs> They specified farm murders. I was that made me so angry as well. And they didn't mention any other form of violent crime. Because like the murders, number yeah, of the number of women and children that are attacked and you know abused and full on raped and killed in, in the country, and of course the, the number of people, just general people who get murdered and attacked every single fucking day. And you're gonna say farm murders is a problem in South Africa. Farm murders, like, I, I think, know, are sitting I on like sixty something or something compared yeah. to the general. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be too controversial about this because I know a lot of our listeners are going to have their own perspectives on it. And it's not to say that farm murders aren't a problem, but I think if you're reeling off a list of issues that, because I was, it's fine if you want to say farm murders are an issue in South Africa, but you need to talk about the crime rate generally. Yeah. And they were like service delivery and farm murders are, you know, yeah, those are problems. But people are fucking dying out there, you know. Um, so, yeah, again, like, don't want to get too much into it because it makes me a bit angry when this kind of stuff happens. But, 
you know, we, yeah, let's not try and pretend like farm murders are the biggest problem facing South Africa. It's obviously a huge deal for a, a relatively small group of the population. It's a very serious problem. It's a real, it's a real thing. Farm murders are a real thing. I mean, just ask Naka and, and us. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the problem is there's a little bit of legitimacy in the rugby sphere right yeah. now because of what it happened this week. Totally is. I worry that because it's a rugby union, they sort of playing to their base a little bit. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. But, you know, we, we're, you know, we're a podcast of the people. We don't, we're not going to narrow ourselves to that. So, yeah, I would just supplement that message with, yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of people are victims of violent crime, not just farmers. All right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, that was my little, my little yeah. soapbox moment. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, moving on. Like, I, I literally, I have nothing to add. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but also, I also got it's, it's like a bit of a, it's like a bit of a, um, like all lives matter thing, I guess. Like, I, I really don't want to make it into more than it is. Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't no, have written. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you, you said, well, you said what you just needed to be said, and, and left that, that uh, as you said, uh, there's uh, many views uh, on many issues. Um, this maybe just like throwing out a shopping list of what's wrong with South Africa isn't maybe the best approach, but we kind of get what he's saying. <laughs> anyway, he, he should have put an ESCOM in there. Um, yeah, ESCOM's in deep shit. Oh, did any of you have load chilling this weekend? Uh, no, my mate did though. He got pawned yeah, yesterday. I got nailed twice on Friday. Oh, sorry. Um, someone who, who, who isn't getting nailed, sick way, uh, is not, is Victor Matfield. He's closing in on being the new coach. <laughs> Of uh, no, I reckon his wife's getting nailed. I think he's getting nailed. I think, I think he does okay. <laughs> Looks to be the favourite. Chris is the new job. I, 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 I won't lie. My, my mom is a massive Victor Matfield fan. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with his line alternatives. I think Victor does all right. Yeah, the former Springbok lock has itched out Dion Davids for the role. So Matt's happy. The other man shortlisted for the position, Potuman. Uh, who, did, who finished off, I think, the Super Rapio Curry Cup season of the Bulls, but forgive me, I can't remember, is expected to be Curry named Cup. as one of Matfield's assistants. Uh, the other big news is that Alan, uh, Alan Zondach, who is in line to be named as the new director of rugby to replace John Mitchell. Uh, Zondach, he's the former director of rugby at Saracens. Um, he's, he's been around. And the report adds that Matfield is in the process. I thought, yes? I thought John Mitchell was the coach. No, he was, the, he was, the, he was the director of rugby. Who was the coach? John Mitchell. And then who was director of rugby? John Mitchell. So was this a Rusty Erasmus type situation? <laughs> yeah. Now, John John got brought in, I think, uh, as director. And who was the previous uh, Bulls coach? Um, Nolis. Nolis Murray. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yes, he got brought in above Nolis, and then Nolis got pushed aside uh, and demoted. And then kind of John Mitchell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nolis was, like, playing, like, or coaching, like, some Bulls high school team yeah, or something. Yeah, they, 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 they put him in a very dark room and left him there. So this you seems know, very similar to you know what happens between AC and Rossi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just the last bit here. So, so, so from now on, you don't fire your coach. You just sort of invent a position above coach. Yeah. And put <laughs> your new coach there, and then just watch your old coach just throw his toys out the cot and go coach uh, in Japan. Uh, I mean, it's basically like when you when you've got a backline player who's not performing and you, you shift him to the wing, and everyone knows it's like the precursor to him being dropped. Wait, but are you talking uh, about Jesse Creel? You had a big chat about this. Uh, Achiever Diamond. It's only. <laughs> God, um, no. Just the final point you have. The man, uh, the man who would be wings. Former box scrum half, Rudy Priya. The report adds could form part of Matfield's backroom staff. I, 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 I mean, we're joking in the group about Matfield being head coach. I kind of feel like Zondach is going to 
be do most of the coaching. I don't know. Like I know Matt Bill when it comes to lineups and stuff, he's he's he'll he'll be jacked. But I, I kind of feel Dion David should have be, would have been the better choice. I know Rassi Rasmus will be assisting everybody, including him. But I don't I don't know. I feel like he's a Bulls guy, and they chose the Bulls guy to to coach the team. I think it's it feels a bit similar to when John Smith was named as like the CEO of Sharks Rugby. Yeah, and but like you can understand like the relationship. Didn't John it's Smith like, at least? Bring a bit of change to the club. He sort of, they were, uh, Ants was probably going to create I think under John Smith, they did, they did do a little bit better. Cause he, no, I think they did a bit better. Like, that's not my, my point. My point is just that, like, at the time when they made the appointment, everyone was like, you know, obviously we get the, the previous relationship between the organization and the player. And yeah, we all recognize him as a smart guy and a legend or whatever, but. Do we do we actually have any reason to think that he'll be good at this? Because I've got yeah. no reason to think that Matfield's a good coach. He could be. He could be phenomenal. I've got no reason to think he isn't. But I've got no reason to think that he is either. They were saying with John Smith, like, would he make a good CEO? I, I just don't know. So in hindsight, yeah. John Smith wasn't it wasn't like a disastrous appointment. It wasn't good and enough. obviously, we'll only know how Matfield goes, in, you know, at the end of let's say five years or something. But I just feel like if you want to, if you're aspiring to be the Bulls coach at a Super Rugby level, which is, which is a perfectly natural aspiration for a former player with his credentials, then you go about it differently. Like you, you spend some time coaching Blue Bulls in the 19s first, and or you go to like coach Uffies or something, or and you have a few years there. Or the Lions, I don't know, like like <laughs> I did exactly. Oh sure. No, as Matfield also did, don't forget, he coached the Lions two years, or was assistant coach at the Lions, like. Two years ago. Yeah, he was assistant coach, but he's never head coached anywhere. Yeah, no true. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I feel like you, you you need to have at least a few years under your belt as a head coach, because it's different. Like you you got different priorities, you've got administrative duties. It's, I don't know. Again, like I'm not trying to be a wet blanket or anything. I just have no reason to think that it's a good idea, and no reason to think that it isn't. So I guess we just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, I don't like sort of the. I know we we go on about it a bit, but just sort of the the bullshit of ex-players, they seem to get, like, real mm. preferential treatment. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, like, There's obviously it helps it helps to be an, S- an ex-player, but, like, as you said, we have no reason to think Victor will be a good head coach. We have no reason yeah. to think John Smith would be a good CEO. Like, it's the same, um, it's the same, like, it's the same logic in a way, like, Obviously, these guys are good figureheads, and they sort of mean a lot to the unions. But at the end yeah. of the day, like we have no proof they can do their jobs. So yeah. well, that it grinds me a bit. bit it, it it grinds me too because there's there's a double standard here. Like I don't, again, sorry, I think maybe that that soapbox moment earlier has, has set something off in my brain. But <laughs> like Victor Madfield is being fast forwarded into a, a, a coaching job that coaches in South Africa can only dream of. Uh, like I don't know how many registered coaches we have in the country. Let's say we have I don't know 200 or 250 or something, and only five of them at any given time get to be Super Rugby head coaches, and he's just been expedited into the role because of who he used to be. And then it's fine. Like it's on the one hand you're like okay boys club all you know used to be there and everything knows all the connections, but then you look at other former players, guys like I mean, okay Hanyani Shumangi's been coaching at like a varsity cup level for a long time. Uh, with you know mixed success, whatever. Zwadilistic had to coach like East, Eastern Cape under 19s 
for a couple of years and then got given a shot with the I think he got given the shot with the junior box first and then the main spring box. But everyone was like on his back about it. Everyone was like, Ooh, it was on stick. Like, do we, do we know if he can coach? You know, he's only ever coached Eastern Cape under 19s before. That's like not really good enough. You know, he doesn't deserve the, this kind of a, a, a chance yet. And I think he's actually doing quite well with Rossi because he's, isn't he the attack coach or is he the backline coach or something? I, I don't know. But anyway, like he's, he's doing okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, like there was like the loaded assumption that he wouldn't be good at it. Whereas with Victor, the community seems to be embracing it. And Yo, you know, ju- think about just like, just because Victor was a better rugby player than Zwandile Stick or um, who's, who we talking? Who's the Hanyani uh, Shamangi? Doesn't yeah, actually well, have other- anything to do with his ability to coach. But there's yeah, an exactly. automatic assumption that. Victor, yeah. because he was a better rugby player, is going to be this amazing coach. It's well, I mean, if you're a cynic, you might say because he's white. But yeah, because the other, the other, the other, the other example that I can kind of think of is is uh, Chester Williams, because he's also been like trying to hack it as a coach for quite a, quite a while now. And Where was he coaching last? Actually, wasn't he at um, Cavaliers or? Has he been somewhere? Oh, he, he was like assistant somewhere quite high up. Yeah, but he like it might have been the junior box or something. But like he's been grinding, like he's been taking the path you're supposed to take if you yeah. want to become a like a successful coach. And you don't really read about him too often. But like I, I bet you anything, like if he was named as the Bulls coach, there'd be a lot of skepticism, a lot of murmuring. When, when really say, he's, oh, a, he's a lot better qualified than Victor. He's far more qualified than Victor to coach. And yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a bit cynical about it and about the way the community's. Um, looking at it, mm-hmm. but yeah, just it kind of reminds me of um, of Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool because he's <laughs> he's a like a lot of the top a lot of the top players are I mean, a lot of the top managers are former players like um, Guardiola and okay now Thierry Henry is trying to coach and he's apparently not doing a very good job of it but I, I think I remember a quote from Klopp where he said because um, I think his father was like a really famous football player or something and he said like he when he was a player he had the brain of a of a Bundesliga first division player, but the skill set of a of a Bundesliga third division player, and he ended up as a perfectly good second division player for most of his career. Um, but that's what makes him a good a good coach is that he had the brain of a better player, you know. Hmm. So just just because you perform well as a player doesn't mean you're a good coach. I think it's the guys who go under the radar. Like, like, you have a pocket a little bit. I go on about him sometimes. I think he's really smart. And you, uh, someone else, just a quick mention before we do the final news piece, Rona Nagara, who's headed all the way to New Zealand to be the Crusaders kicking coach as well. He's yeah. also busy racking up the information on his CV, so he's also one to lie for. Uh, just uh, before I get to that last story, um, good luck to Joe Schmidt. He has announced that after the World Cup, he will be hanging up his coaching whistle. I don't know if they really do, do whistles. Uh, reportedly, um, it's so he can spend more time with his family. Apparently, his son uh, is in ill health. So, um, I guess, first of all, congratulations to Schmidt, who was named Coach of the Year uh, at the World Rugby Awards. Uh, he might be our Coach of the Year. I don't want to preempt anything. But he is going out on top. While well, rumor has it, Steve Hansen at New Zealand is going to get a two-year extension. So, it, it's very interesting, the sort of choices uh, that people make. Uh, lastly, but someone who, who just wants to coach, Jake White. <laughs> God, <laughs> um, okay, God. This, is from, this is from AFP, but I've been putting this for 24. Jake White has offered, he offered to replace under siege Michael Chaker as one of his coach. It was due to have a phone <laughs> chat with Rugby Australia on off- Thursday, 
but it was cancelled after the news of the call was leaked. Uh, the South African, I mean, won the 2007 World Cup, we all know. So he approached the governing body after Australia has won just four of their 13 tests this year. Rugby Australia Chief Executive Raiden Castle has repeatedly said Checker continues to have a backing to the World Cup next year uh, when his contract runs out. But, I mean, they got hammered 37-18 by England. Your calls uh, amongst particularly the old player base in Australia, like Greg Martin, I know he's not a big fan of Checker, that uh, some action should be taken. The phone call was to assess what White, a former Bradley's coach, had to offer it up as a possible alternative that was hastily called off after being leaked to the media. Uh, but Ari spokesperson told AFP, Jake White approached Rugby Australia and asked to have a conversation. Rugby Australia has decided to not proceed with the call. White had previously expressed a desire to coach Australia after being overlooked uh, in 2013 in favour of Ewan McKenzie. And the Rugby Australia board their media December 10th uh, for their season review. Jake the Snake, hey, he just he just <laughs> wants one more shot at the World Cup. Oh, I reckon, no, no. I reckon he goes up. I reckon he goes after coaching gigs the way I go after Weaver Bryars. Yeah. You just sort of the strategy from Jack. Like this clumsy fumbling on social media. Like, hey, Rugby Australia, winky face, need a coach? And then, like, the second tweet down is like, but seriously, guys, give me a call. Like, you know, send me a direct message if you guys are interested. What did he write? He write the column for which site again? Like, Rugby 365 or something? I don't. I can't remember. Does I'm pretty sure this week's column's literally going to be what I would do in the next nine months with Australia to yeah. make them win the cup. Yeah, my Australian squad for for 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be so, honest, I know are, we joke about this, but they probably would actually have a better shot with a new look, coach. Look, yeah, I think Alex has said it a couple of times in the group at, or in the Facebook group that Jake White's most probably one of the few coaches that could take take a side with like say nine months. And just drill the, turn into ex headmaster mode and just drill the basics mm. at them properly. Was he a headmaster? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just the first in coach. No, or was he? Te- no, I know no, he was no. a teacher at the very least. I don't, I don't think know. he was. I don't think he was head boy. I mean, he, I mean head, headmaster at JP. Who was I'm, I don't know. No, I, he, he I read. I read his book. I just can't remember. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think right. he was just a. A teacher, like uh, kind of one of those guys who's just given a job because he's a good coach, and then it's like, okay, cool, you go teach technical drawing or whatever. EMS. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I do think I do think he'd be okay. Like I actually, I mean, I don't think they could do worse than no. doing a checker. No, but I think they they could do a lot worse than to just. And I, if I was them, I, I if I was considering him, I'd literally just give him a contract until the end of the World Cup, and I'd say you're not getting anything more out of this until after the World Cup. I don't care what you think yeah, you have as a part. Yeah, there can be a proper review of Exactly. Um, oh, sorry, just one one final piece of news. Uh, Dick Moore, I mean, we did mention last week that David Williams, yeah. he's replaced him as the attack consultant at the Shark. It now, now that we kind of know why, uh, again, this is from a report, it's come out that Moore and head coach Robert Dupre, they may not have seen eye to eye. Yes? It's Mia. Oh. Dick Moore. Moore is M-O-O-R. Mia. Uh, Dick Moore. Like wall. Mir, yeah, Mir. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm calling him Mir. Mir. I'm calling him wrong. <laughs> That's not his name, Adam. Like, it's, like us deciding to, it's like us deciding to call you Kyle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you well, Mir. Uh, Dick, yeah. Dick and Robert, uh, they apparently did not see Dick eye and to Bob. eye. Dick and Rob did not see Dick eye to eye. According to a report, Mir. Mir. One term, Bosch. 
to be back to flower half over Dupreux's son, Robert. Dupreux, though, would not badge him back to son, Jun- uh, Robert Dupreux Jr. at 10 through this 24-2018 Super Rugby and Carrier Cup seasons. Bosch was instead back to fullback, which is understood to have frustrated Dick as his job was to turn the Sharks into an attack the outfit. Uh, the Sharks went on to win the Carrier Cup title. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I Look, just one line. I, I personally feel this... You know, you could history's a funny thing. You could trace this all back to Pat Lambie, right? I always felt that Pat Lambie uh, was a better 15 than 10, and I very much believe that Bosch is a better 15 than 10. And Dupreux is a solid 10. Maybe not world-class yet, and I'm hoping he's going to have a better season in Super Rugby, but I, 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 can't, I kind of back back to Priya's judgment on this. I just think Bosch is a better 15 than 10. That's all. But yet, uh, to be fair, you know, Mio's only focused on attacking, so he doesn't give a shit that the 10 he's punting for can't defend. No, Robert's <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, you're right. No, sorry, he's sorry. He's punting for Bosch, yeah. that Bosch but, can't really Yeah, he's punting for Bosch. He doesn't give a shit that Bosch can't defend. He knows that Bosch can attack. Yeah. And that's, that's all he cares about. Yeah. Okay, so, so two things. Number one, Patrick Lambie's best position was inside center, and I'll die on that hill if I have to. Um, and the fact lonely hill you're going to die on. Never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, fact <laughs> never, the fact that he never got played there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, like, where, 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 like, where did you get that? Yeah, like, it, where the fuck did you get that? Under 15s. Alex saw, like, a game of him playing under 15s at inside center. Lambie actually had a forearm injury and under 15, and he missed the whole season. Oh, fuck. Sorry, I forget you were there. <laughs> I was there. I, I saw it from the beginning, man. I, I was there at the Look, birth just, of Lambie. I'm just saying, like, I've been I've been banging around about Pollard playing 12 for a few years now, and it finally happened, and everyone's on the bandwagon, and that's fine. There's plenty of space. But, you know, I just want to use this as, as a bit of currency to to trade in on the fact that I, I think the same thing about Pat Lambie. I think he, he would have been a really good number 12. Um, but anyway, that's not really my, my main point. My main point or question is if Dick Muir wanted Kieran Bosch to play 10 who did he want to play fullback? Uh, Vovo presumably you got you got that's who a, that's you, you would have that's not a better plan Vovo uh, maybe Hunvake I don't know how his boot is maybe maybe uh, maybe, maybe Rob Dupre nah yeah yeah I don't I like that Bosch is a better fullback than Rob Dupre without doubt yeah, so that's the thing, is that even though you might argue that in terms of absolute advantage, Kerwin Bosch is a better fly half than Robert Dupree, whether or not you think it's true, it can be argued, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that irrespective of that point, the comparative advantage means that with Robert Dupree at 10 and Kerwin Bosch at 15, the Sharks have a better backline. Well, here, here's a funny stat. I, I was busy preparing for draft next year, looking at stats and all that sort of thing, and I stumbled upon... Uh, Adam and numbers, this is going to be dangerous, so guys. Foxsports.com <laughs> AU, it's the uh, Fox Sports Lab, rugby, 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 for Super Rugby, from this year, in terms of line breaks, look, this is according to their stats, so maybe Opta is a little bit different. Kura Bosch mm-hmm. was tied 8th in terms of line breaks over the course of the season okay. 18. Uh, Portfelli and Alamalo uh, had 19, uh, Rico 20, Henry Spade 21, George Bridge draft pick here 24, Nayavara had 20, and then Nayavara and Ben Lamb each had uh, 28 each. So, like, he is an attacking forward at fullback, so I, I don't really see what Dick is complaining about. No, but do you know what? At the end of the day, there has to be an ultimate authority. 
Yes, and, yeah. and in a rugby team, when it comes to selection, the ultimate authority is the head coach. So, like, you know, you can, you can, you know, like, if your boss says, no, do this report, and you can be like, ooh, no, I don't like this report, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, he's your boss, and you have to do it. Like, just because you, mm. you don't like, if you don't like the structure, leave the structure, but don't leave because don't of an issue that's you you know the but, structure exists yeah. don't argue with the structure basically yeah no no it's true but like i think i think the problem here is that is literally because robert dupree is coaching three of his own sons right yeah that's a massive so, conflict of interest and that, this is this is the problem i'm, I'm pretty sure that's what dick Muir is feeling is that his he was thinking that Robert Dupree Sr. wasn't ignoring his advice because he was head honcho and he had a different perspective. He was ignoring his advice because it was his own son. So what's the point of, like, if you're the attacking coach and you go and you're like, cool, I've crunched the numbers, I've done my research, this is what I think we should do, and involves dropping your son, and then the head coach is like, oh, thank you for the advice, I'm not going to do that. You're like, well, fuck, what, what's the point of me being here if you're just going to overrule whatever I come up with out of nepotism? Which isn't necessarily the case, because as we've just said, we would have done the same thing. But I can understand why you might get frustrated. Yeah, but but this all comes down to, like, I don't know what happened at your school. But I know at my school, teachers couldn't teach their own children. Uh, just, I don't just know if that ever came up. I was taught by my mom when I was at primary school. Okay, uh, so maybe you Maybe your That's school like, had a different policy, but basically it was saying, say, say your teacher was the, whatever, the grade nine biology teacher, your mom. And when yeah. you moved into grade nine, she would have to swap and become like the grade 10 biology teacher for a year. So she didn't teach you. Okay. Or, you know, obviously if there are enough classes, they can just shift it. So it doesn't matter, but it, do, yeah. it does, it just creates a, it creates a situation where there can mm. be a conflict of interest, which we've talked about this before, which you should always try to avoid. Yes. Good advice, Ben. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. let's let's actually move on to some on-field action. I know the Kings and Kings and Chiefs both lost in the Pro 14, so uh, sorry. It's close for a change with the Kings. Yeah. It was like by three points. Um, but more importantly, Alton Yankees. Uh, he's <laughs> making... <laughs> Making uh, Alex's claims about Pat Lambie. I've, I've written that down, by the way. It's going to end up in the episode description. Dying on a hill for Pat Lambie at 12. Uh, alone. Um, Elton Yankees. Alone. Kicked, yeah, alone. Elton Yankees, he kicked the winning football as the Barbarians beat the Argentina 38-35 in a thrilling clash that took it in between the Barbarians um, and, and Argentina. I think Damon Allen, he even got a try. Uh, the Pumas, they also showed their, I guess I'd say their sleeky... Uh, what do you call them? I was going to say grabber skills. They scored a couple of nice tries as well. But also the Barbarians. I think that scrum of the week, by the way, when they got that... Uh... Oh, sorry, what do you call it again? Not tight head, man. Tight Heel against the head. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what it's tight Yeah, sorry. But I mean, they, they scored a try <laughs> off that ball. This is what I don't yeah. understand. Just a very quick side point. So I, I saw an Argentinian coach, in my in Ledesma, said that the changes to the scrum rules... Like, how is the Barbarians, which, look, they, they did have a Springbok core to themselves, a scrum that was put together in a week, smash an Argentinian scrum? Yeah, that, that's what, it was a weird game because it almost felt like the Argentinians were the Barbars and the Barbars were the Argentinians. Because, mm. you know, like, the Argentinians just had no set piece. 
But then they, they were, were doing playing. all these little audacious little kick-throughs and really flying the ball out wide, and especially in the first half. And then the Barbarians, yeah. they tried to run it from depth, but, you know, Pollard. God, Pollard had a terrible <laughs> game, actually. Yeah, well, I, yeah, he I was, saw he was a guy bad. On this morning on Reddit. Had like a fucking, I, I would say if I copy-pasted everything onto Word, it would be like a four-page <laughs> four document about how shit Pollard is and that Yankees should be the starting 10 and Pollard can play 12. Because he, uh, he, he accused, I think... Where, where, do we, where do we put Pat Lambie? Oh, uh, true. Um, <laughs> on the French 12, obviously, uh, inside of Bastero. Yeah. Lambie, yeah. like a sensible head like Lambie could really unlock that French backline. But, well, but you anyway. guys are coming right to this idea. <laughs> yeah. But that's why they've got that little Lionel Messi lookalike at nine. I dig him. I reckon he's got a bit of a head on him. Okay, sorry, we we, we off the chair. Yeah, Adam, Adam sizzling. Hmm? Adam's just left. No, I, 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 uh, a glaze came <laughs> over my eyes. I was just like, oh, here we go again, going down the rabbit hole. I, I just learned to just let you guys run with it. It's good content. I do it. For you. I, 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 I think. Uh, yes. The one, the one international side one should roam around on is the barbarians. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah so, so I mean, we said that the Argentinians lacked a set piece, but I actually thought that the barbarians, um, the scrub was good, but the line out was fucking appalling. Yeah. Like Scott Fritz's line out throwing wasn't very good, and uh, I think that's I kind guess... of just the same we saw in the beginning, of the first game for the box against England in the, mm-hmm. in the tour with Mark struggling with Vermeulen. And we pointed out the fact that Firmino had just joined the team for the first time and had missed the rugby championship. So I think that that's basically what, like the line outs just show the importance of communication mm. and teamwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, it seems uh, that the line, if the, bar, the barbarians are anything to go by, it seems that line outs require more sort of team coordination and communication and knowledge of each other than scrums do, which sort of makes yeah. sense. Cause it's yeah. relative. Once you've got your bind right, it's just pretty much pushing all in the same direction. So yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say with Scott Brits. Do you think he's even get? Will he end up the starting hooker for the Bulls? Well, they they must. They get, love yeah. an old warhorse at the Bulls. So yeah, I think so. But who's there? But he's, 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 not like a, he's not a Bulls old warhorse though. He's just yeah, old. no. Well, neither he's not was like an old warhorse. Neither was um, Strauss. Uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah, Strauss. Strauss was a uh, Strauss was an old Strauss. cheetah's warhorse that came to die die at the Bulls. But he was mm-hmm. born at the Bulls. He started was at the he? Bulls. Yeah. Okay. Should we? No, I only ever read the Bulls, the glue factory. I, mean, yeah. I still, <laughs> I still think of him as a cheetah's player. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I but yeah, so the yeah Scott Pritz, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be starting. I don't think, I don't think he should. I don't think he really cares. I don't think he just wants to be. Part they've, of got, the they've got Maritule and Pasaki. And Pasaki's bang average. I know, I know he's gone short term loan to I think it's Gloucester or something, but uh, uh, I, I think he is bang <laughs> average. Yaki Pasaki, like the fact he was starting ahead of Umbanambi before Umbanambi went to the Stormers was a joke, as well. Um, yeah. And the same well, as Maritula. Starting ahead of Maritula, yeah. Yeah, Maritula, I think, maybe getting a little bit long in the tooth. But Maritula has sat there, um, collecting his paycheck. And a few years ago, he was a very, very good hooker after he left the Kings that first season. I mean, wait, do I have that correct? Yeah. Yeah, he was. While very, he was at the Kings, he was a good hooker. Yeah, he yeah, was the, very the good. And he's barely had any action since. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see. Especially the goal of Victor there. Maybe Victor and Skalk will. <laughs> 
be chummies. Victor and Scott, Victor will be like, I remember when we used to play together. Do that line out call like you used to throw to me. Yeah. Anything else to mention? In terms of playing action, I know the New Zealand won the sevens in Dubai. I don't know, where the blitz bomb can I still can I still say something about the barbarians? No. What is that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, of course okay. I can. Yeah. Sure. They wore rainbow laces. Uh, so close up. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't see that. But but uh, so okay, it's a bit of a meta comment because a lot of the conversations that dominated the rugby headlines this year was about discipline and yellow cards and referee decisions, right? And the fact that referees, especially in the June or the the sorry the November internationals seemed very reluctant to give yellow cards. And there's like this weird sort of debate in the rugby world about, so it's the Hoyle's effect, the Stephen Hoyle's effect, where he's like, don't let a yellow card ruin a game, you know? And when a referee gives a yellow card or a red card, they're like, oh, you know, spoiled the, spoiled the contest. And as you guys know, my perspective is that it's not the ref who spoils the contest by awarding the yellow card, it's the player who spoils the contest by... By breaking the rules well, and forcing the rescue by being a cop. The this game against the Barbers, we know that it's a Barbarians game. Everyone's like it's an exhibition game. No one wants to see yellow cards. You know, we want to see fifteen players on fifteen. Otherwise, it becomes a bit of a joke. And it was clear that referee Andrew Lacey um, didn't want. Into that. Yeah. He totally bought into it and fair play to him. Like because I'm with it. Like I'm I'm all about the vibe. Like I'm all about the game and have fun and. You know, we don't want it to become a, any more of a dead rubber than it already is because it doesn't count for anything. So in order for it to be fun, which is its main objective, yeah, you need 15 on 15. I'm with you on that. But I think we we saw a pretty good case study in why it's important for referees to be applying the rules and penalizing people appropriately with yellow cards because the Argentinians were off the fucking charts with penalty counts. They gave something like, it was something stupid, like 20 penalties away. I'm not even joking. It was, it was, at one yeah. point it was like 18, I think. And they, that's like a, that's a penalty every four minutes. And a lot of them were really, like really bad, like not, not necessarily dangerous. Uh, I think it was like one grass cutter tackle. Very cynical, yeah. Well, yeah, Matera, very, like, it was, Matera it was pulling down point. that, Matera oh, yeah. pulling down that mall is yeah, a yellow penalty. card straight up. Yeah, because it was a penalty try. And then he did something else with his boot that was just completely cynical. So theoretically, yeah. he should have got a red. Yeah, he was lying on the ground. As, as the scrum off brought the ball out, he kicked it out of his hand. Like, he was yeah, being that's... incredibly cynical. And, like, it's game-spoiling play. Like, they were spoiling the game, deliberately, it seemed. And that goes entirely against the whole, like, ethos of saying, don't card players, because that's going to spoil the game. And the players are like, well, fuck, then we just get to spoil the game ourselves for the full 80 minutes. It's like this is what I've been saying about idiots like Stephen Hoyles who say don't like don't let cards like ruin a game. That's not what ruin game, ruins games. Players need to know that they can't play a certain way, otherwise the contest becomes stupid. And yeah, in this case it was the Barbarians. So every time they got a penalty, you know they well most of the time they would tap it and go or kick for you know try and be creative about it. But in a normal test match, if that's like a Wales England game and the referee basically makes it clear that he's not going to send anyone off. You're just going to see penalty after penalty. They're just going to end up in multiples of three, because in a proper test match, there's no incentive to do anything more interesting. So I just think it was a really good like that for me, made it absolutely clear why there needs to be a reversal of policy from World Rugby with regards to cards. 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm. D- no. I agree completely. Let's uh, let's let's move on. Uh, uh, anything else in turn on the playing field you want to mention before we move on to the awards? I was to check. My conspiracy theory that I have for that Barbarians team, why there were so many South Africans, hmm. is that Rassi 100% was using that as an opportunity to get more game time with some of his box before the World Cup. It was like a free I was thinking about that, but, like then, a, the way they were, but then the way they were playing wasn't very... It didn't I, look I, like they were playing within sort of Rassi's game plan, a Rassi ball or whatever you'd call it. So well, I just I just assumed that that was the case, Matt. Like I thought he was yeah. gaming the system. I, uh, yeah, because I was slowly sitting there thinking, I was like, "Is this man? Did this man just get like a free, yeah. free one free extra test?" Yeah. yeah. What? I, I, I don't think the New Zealanders because they have stricter rules with like resting players and stuff. Right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, with central contracting, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so presumably they weren't really available for the Barbos game. I do have to ask what what in God's green earth happened to Peter Stefty Toy's um oh, nose? Oh, oh, I saw someone say it got tindled. <laughs> yeah. The first famous example of getting your nose turned inside out like that. Jesus, that was I can't believe they let him back on the field. Oh, but, yeah. And then he and then like immediately after he came back on the field, he got his head stuck inside a rolling ball or something. I was like, Jesus, can you imagine any contact with your face? Must be like, is just excruciating. Can you imagine playing a game of rugby like that? Do you know what he? I wonder what he looks like today. He must have. Has anyone seen his Instagram today? He must have two black eyes. I can't imagine he can see. Like I don't think it's swollen up his eyes, but I reckon there's just so much blood pooling around there. Yeah, rather bad. But I mean, also, I like they did a pretty fucking quick nose job on him because he came out looking almost normal. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. sort of Slastic Surgeon of the Year award. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, like I said in the group, I think they just have Waisaki Naholo's uncle with them as the team doctor. And he's he, would like, be a great, he would be a great team doctor for the Barbarians. Well, uh, yeah. But like, they, whenever they bring someone off, they're just like, Waisaki Naholo's uncle just takes them off into a side room and closes the door. And then 10 minutes later, they walk out and they're like back to, back to 100% fitness again, no matter what was wrong with them. He could, probably, he could probably cure Ryan Crotty of all his his concussions. That's probably why <laughs> Crotty keeps it. He's like the only thing that can keep him going. Like. Yeah, That's... he's like a zombie. <laughs> Reanimated. <laughs> uh... Anyway, okay. Um, I think we've said pretty much. I mean, Lourdes, Lourdes scored a great try. That was oh, good. and his yeah. celebration. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the lawnmower. lawnmower. <laughs> oh, it was cringe <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was just so cool. Like, there was so much and banter and like there was a video on Twitter um, of the barbarians like in the change room singing um, he'll be coming around the mountain Malcolm Marx they were just singing it over and over yeah I don't know I don't know where it came from it doesn't no but like bad ride but but Ben but Ben it was it was before the game it wasn't even after the game they were just bantering they were just bantering they didn't have a team talk or a huddle or like a prayer or anything like that. They were literally like singing, like they were about to like run out, like putting on their boots and everything. And like Lord was was leading everyone in like they'll be coming around the mountain, Malcolm Marx, and everyone was just getting in on it. <laughs> that, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it must be so much fun to be part of 
the barbarians. Like I think it's like I said it on the group, it's the best no, thing there is a, about rugby and we a, need a whole bunch of it's such a positive about rugby, the barbarians. Yeah. Alright, something that's even more positive about rugby is the Eddie Rugby Banter twenty eighteen awards. Big big credit to Alex for helping Ooh. create the categories. I mean we'll be the chip in uh, with our thoughts here and there. Um Who's, who's going to be master of ceremonies here? I have my suggestions. At least, look, I have the categories in front of me. Matt. Matt's got all the candidates, I think. I've right. got, yeah, I've got Alex's. I, I'm assuming it's still the same link you sent Adam, like, yeah. earlier in the week. I think it's that yeah, one. Yeah, I, have, I haven't changed it since then. I don't know if you guys want to add stuff. No. I'll, I'll, I'll add as I go along if there's one or two I want to add. Yes. Okay. Cool. So, uh, are we really going to start with the meat and potatoes, or should we work our way towards Player of the Year? Um, um, I think we get through all that boring stuff at Player of the Year first. And then yeah, the more like, interesting stuff later. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, one, okay, the, sorry. Meat, the meat and the potatoes is the stuff away from the normal stuff. Yeah. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, no, that's fine. So it's just, okay, so Player of the Year. Um, We've got five nominees. Tad Furlong. Peter Stifter Toy, mm-hmm. Brody Retellic, mm-hmm. Johnny Sexton, mm-hmm. and Bowden Barrett. Okay. Can anyone want to make it? Uh, anyone want to make Okay. okay. Uh, uh, so, for Johnny Sexton? Well, so so first of all, like on the nominees, I wanted to make a, a point. No, I didn't like go out of my way about it, but I, I think it's, it's important to point out the fact that there are three forwards there. Um, and one of them's a prop for the first time ever. This is the first time that a prop's ever been officially nominated for a very, very official awards. Um, so it's it's a it's a landmark. Um, so Adam, you want to punt for Sexton? Yeah, I think so. Steering steering around yeah. the best rugby team of the year. Yeah, behind okay. that Rolls Royce. What's the Irish version of a Rolls Royce? I guess a Rolls Royce in Ireland. A Rolls Royce. Yeah. They they, they get Rolls Royce. They, they a, a Rolls Royce without VAT. Yeah. <laughs> Rolls Royce paid for in euros. Yeah. yeah. Without any corporate just, tax attached. Would it just be a Rolls Royce? Oh, there we go. <laughs> is uh is Chris, is Chris gonna shit on me for my pronunciation again? Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Rolls Royce. Yeah. No, wait, wait, this is late in the game. This is our new tactic to get listeners. We only talk about the good shit an hour, ten minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, I, I, I want to say, in the same logic, I don't think Peter Steff, Peter Steff the toy had a great season, without doubt. But mm-hmm. I think he could have a better season. And also, South yeah. Africa wasn't successful enough to justify him winning the award. Yes. Yeah. But Odin Barrett, I, I think he had a yeah. pretty cuck season by his standards. Yeah. Brody as well didn't have the... I think, we're only looking at internationals for this, I'm assuming. Oh, Brody yes, has international. five internationals. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let's just clarify that. So it's just internationals, and unlike World Rugby, who have been hopelessly ambiguous about this, we are running from January first to December second, which is today. Well, yeah, yeah so December first. So including so, the Barbarians so we, game. We, we included yeah. the Barbarians game. Yeah. yeah, which is good for Peter Steff. But yeah, that's yeah the extra so, so Brody missed what half of the rugby championship, right? Mm. Yeah, he missed the whole June tour as well. He didn't play at all against France. Oh, really? Okay, so maybe I shouldn't have put him on the list then. But yeah. I, I don't know, Matt. Matt, do you want to say who you think should win? Well, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with 
stick with my my, my character type here. Okay. And I'd, I'd make a punt for Tad Furlong. Yeah. Because I just like him I... when he gets the ball. Because he's excited. He's one of those props yeah. that actually gets the ball and looks exciting. Besides actually being a decent scrummager. Yeah, but he's also, right. he does he does job number one incredibly well. Yeah, he does. And, I I would, job I would, one, and then he's also yeah. got flair. Yeah, and also, I would argue he makes Sexton look very good. I, I think that's I think that's true. And I think he does job number one the best in the world. And he does job number two probably top three in the world. So... Yeah. He's like he's as, he's at least as dynamic with ball in hand as like Beast or Vunipolo okay, is, I would say. Yeah. No, no I'm just or, talking about in terms of props, but or, yeah, like or, I'd say he's like, like Sinclair or, or yeah. Or, like so I, I I think that Tad Furlong is the, the he was the best play, were, like, rugby player this year in the world. I, think. I agree. I agree. So that's I'm three for Furlong. All right. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Congratulations, Furlong. Tad Furlong. Yeah. Tad Furlong. Well done, Tad. And a, and a victory yeah. for props everywhere. Yeah, already, already we, we, we transforming world rugby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> also, yeah. by introducing the next up is the Nadal. Uh, fuck, I forget his name. Nadali? No? Nadami. Namani. No. Namani Nadal. Jeez, Sorry, I'm yeah. your names, Bri. That's terrible. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just fetching the coin as well because we might have to flip a coin at some point today. Uh huh. Uh, uh, Namani Nadolo, tier two player of the year. Okay, tier two player of the year. Because so he made this point on Twitter that yeah, there's never been a tier two player nominated. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and there's only ever been, I think, two players from tier two nations who were nominated, and that that was like George Grigan, who was born in Zambia. Um, I don't even think they they count as tier two. I think they're like tier three or four. Um, and then there was someone else born in a tier two country. But yeah, so he he thinks there should be separate awards for tier two nations, which yeah, I mean I I'm on the fence about it, but I can see his point, so I included it as a nod to the money my dollar. Yeah, and so again we've got five, yeah five, all Islanders. Okay, uh, fuck, I'm gonna butcher Adam. It's, Adam, I'm going to be as bad as you right now. Mm. Uh, no, first nominee, Leone Nakawara. Yeah. You, third best player you, in the world. Third best player according to Rugby Pass. I think it was Rugby Pass. What site did we sign us up for last week again, Adam? Uh, you Tamura. Yeah. Number two. Uh, number three, Joe Tafafita. Yeah. Uh, the USA hooker. He's quality, eh? Yes. Yeah. He's good. And then Leonardo Ger- Geraldini. Sorry. Yeah. Just piecing it together in my head. And Basili Yato. Yeah. So, uh, I think Ger- yeah, Geraldini is Italian, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're not, they're not second tier. Who put no, him in there, Adam? Tier. No. No, I put him in. I put him yeah. in because I maintain that I maintain that Italy is a tier two rugby nation. <laughs> they're lucky to be tier two at the moment. Oh, yeah. They're only tier one because... The Six Nations well, needs a six nations, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a political statement for me. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. Okay. So Leoni Nakarawa had a really good year, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Yutamura was good for Japan. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the Joe Tawafete, um, however it's pronounced. Um, like he's hasn't he been like breaking records for the USA Eagles. 
he averages like so, two tries a game or something playing hooker. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I feel like we. I don't know how he's done it exactly this year. I sorry. I should have probably researched this a little bit better. But I think for me, it's between Nakarawa and and Joe, Big Joe. I think we should go uh, Big Joe because we need to angle for the the rugby golden land that is America. Oh yeah, if we get if we tell yeah. the Americans we've we've given them an award, we yeah. might get okay. a state subsidy. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's be shamelessly yeah. utilitarian. Done. Cool. Okay. okay. Cool. Next. Next is player of the uh, woman. Which yeah. I think we yeah. just. I think we've just taken the the IRBs or world yeah. rugby's player of the year. I, I, I know absolutely nothing about women's rugby, which is an oh. indictment on myself. I fully admit it. So I have well, a comment. I think exactly. I made this so, point yeah. about women's rugby before, but I think the ball's too big. Like it just yeah. looks, it looks a bit awkward. I think they should play with a size four ball. Do they play with a size five? Yeah, but it's like, oh. like watch it. Like it kind of, it looks like comically over oversized in their hands, and you can see like they really have to work to get their hands around it to pass it. Well, like I, I know it's. it's, about it's, balls. it's <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stain that yeah. answer. It's too, it's too okay, to so, that level. So I think, yeah, so I think we, with that bombshell, we can. Oh, say on, that on that note, award, yeah, on that note, uh, the award goes to Michaela Blyde. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay just, so, just quickly before we move on, like I also like the reason we didn't have many nominations is because I also know worthy little about like women's yeah, rugby. I think all of and us. but I wanted I wanted to include, I didn't want to be like well I don't know anything about that so let's not even bother talking about it. It's a genuine category of awards, and like we just included McKenna Bird because she was the world Blyde. rugby winner. Blyde, but sorry, Blyde. That's Blyde, sorry. B L Y D. I'm saying Blyde. I don't know. I could be saying it Blyde. completely wrong. Yeah, but my point is just like yeah, we didn't want to leave it out altogether because obviously it's something that needs to be recognised. So yeah, sorry. Continue. And swiftly, um, play of the year sevens. I don't know if it's including this weekend's performance. But the nominees are Perry Baker, Ben O'Donnell, Jerry Tuwe, Carlin Isles, and Luke Morgan. Uh, I think if we're including this last weekend, it kind of has to be Perry Baker, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Perry Baker's very good, though. But I think can we just say it's more shameless sucking up to America. It's good. Oh, shit. But, I mean, is he is he very good or is he just very fast? No, he's, he's great in the air, and he's got good hands. Like he's a good all rounder. Ben, careful! I watched the, the of the three games I watched. One was a US game where Perry Baker copped a yellow for a deliberate knockdown this weekend. Oh, oh that happens. But I mean, I'm, I'm oh. not trying to be disparaging. Like I think because in sevens, like it's enough yeah, to be very fast. Like, speed is just an, be very like fast. an over a disproportionately valued yeah. attribute in sevens. Yeah, so it's it's totally fine. Like I'm not trying to shit on him, but like just like see a better Sinatra hasn't really been able to make it in rugby 15 because yeah. he's not that good of a rugby player. He's just amazingly quick and he's a ph- phenomenal sevens player. I feel like Perry Break- Baker is like an even more extreme version of him. But anyway, who, like he out is... Out of curiosity, who won World Rugby's sevens player of the year? Perry Baker. So he's... Oh, so much like Bowden right. mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, he's a two-year running player. Yeah, exactly. Not that Bowden won this year, but Bowden won. He's two years running. I see World Rugby's also trying to suck up to America. Good on them. Oh, let's, see who get, let's see who wins that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we are due, we're overdue for a sponsorship, so I think it's going to yeah. be us. 
Yeah. <laughs> World Rugby World Rugby's getting enough payoffs. Okay. Um, speaking of payoffs, um, team of the year: New Zealand, Ireland, Springbok Sevens. I'm going to make a punch here: American Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> What about the Seattle Seawolves? Seahawks. <laughs> oh, no, Seawolves. Yeah, the Seawolves. Um, I think, Island. I mean, I, it's got to be Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think gotta it's got to be Ireland. Especially yeah. if we include yeah. this weekend. Yeah. What happened this weekend? Well, Sevens didn't do so well, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh we, I thought Ireland Sevens cooked or something. I was like... No. Uh, so, okay. Try of the year. We've got two. Mm-hmm. Stockhill versus <laughs> New Zealand or Delgie versus Australia. Um, I like Delgie's, personally speaking. Those heats. But in terms of... Wait, do we factor in like... Yes, thank you. You beat me to the punch. Then Stockdale's. But I did think Delgie's is heat. Also, Brody winning the try of the year with Will Rabi I thought was just a bit lame. It was better. Anyway, uh... <sighs> Yeah, I guess the more important try, and it was a hell of an effort, was Stockdale. I'll give us that. But Delgado. Oh, saying Japan scored a heat try, that one that Leach finished off. There were oh, a couple that, yeah. Yeah, but they lost, though. So oh, that doesn't make a difference, Adam. It's the it's try, the it's try. not the result. No, 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 but now we're talking about significance. No, well, like, no, that no. adds to the moment. But that not, adds to the moment. No, it's try. not add to the moment. I don't think the try is a moment, it's not a game. No, but by significance it's not it matters. By saying significance it matters. And Stockdale's played a key role in Ireland beating New Zealand at home for the first time. While while, while Leach's try was good, they still lost. Yeah. But like the, the moment of Stockdale's try was great before you even knew what the result was. It didn't get better. Yeah, but so was because Le- Leach's try put Japan yeah. ahead against England. So yeah. in the moment, it was also a great try. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's what factors in, not the 80-minute results. Yeah. Okay, I, result I think, I think try. Stockdale's try was still outstanding. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to complain for us giving yeah. it to him, eh? Yeah, I need yeah, Stockdale. I think, any, and, uh, yeah, anything to put a bit of mud in New Zealand's face when it comes to try of the year. Yeah. 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 Okay. Next. Scrum yeah. of the year. Scrum of the oh, year. Easy. It's uh, the Scrum of the Year. Scrum of the Year. Sponsored by Weber no, Prize. No, no, no. Brought to you by Brad Weber. Brad yes. Weber. <laughs> Did he get oh, I, I actually feel bad now because there is only one nominee and I think we all agree on this as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Scrum of the Year is th- that one that we all remember. Remember, this is only at international level. <laughs> is Brazil versus the All Black Maoris. Yeah, that one where Brazil put all black Murray's about 10, 10, 15 meters behind on on a tr- on a scrum. It was more like thirty, was it? I don't know. Maybe I don't want to I don't want to hyperbolize too much. Yeah, it's, it's I'd like rather that, it's, like, it's like that fish that's always growing every time you tell yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah. Ah, then they scrum them onto the onto the practice pitch next door. <laughs> Three people had to pick up the stands to get it out the way so that they could keep I want, pushing. I want more background for that try. I want to hear, like, the tight head prop is a butcher and, you know, like, 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 yeah, yeah these stories about how he, like, has to trade by throwing around slabs of meat and, but, like, in the absence of background, I think, yeah, we could just make a lot of both, like, carpenters or something, you know, they 
tall lads that they work with their hands all day. But definitely, I reckon the Brazilian forwards mm. are all like artisans. There's, <laughs> but there's like there's one there's like one of the flanks works a white collar job like in the office. The rest are all fucking tools guys with their hands. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's next? Um, try celebration of the year. Oh. Easy. Oh, but Lou just, Lou just stepped up in a big way. Oh, shit. Now that's a, that's a... Okay, so there's the lawnmower by Lou. Um, I kind of like the, the tent and bowling as well. Oh, uh, by Leguizamon. Yeah. Leguizamon. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's the thing. The Barbarians games are where you go for try celebrations. And the other one is uh, young Apiwe Dianti, the Black Panther himself, channeling his Inutano manga. Nah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna go for Dianti because it's like gone into popular popular culture. Like when I was at Loftus, everybody was doing it when they announced like you know go through they announced the team names and they got to Dianti and everybody was just started doing Black Panther vibes. Wakanda forever. Yeah, and it's okay. just, yeah. I love it though. I love it though because it's not it's, we've all attributed it to Black Panther, yeah. but he's outright coming to the I really dig. Yeah, yeah. I really dig Tano Manga. Actually, the Kapo Panga. Yeah. <laughs> I think can that's can awesome. I? Can I just say, if Sabu and Corsi had done the Tano Manga, the Black Panther, before Piwe Diante had done it, Sabu and Corsi would have been Breakthrough Player of the Year. Oh, 100%. Because it's an easy photo. It's like an easy photo for your Yeah, it just gets your, gets your name out there. Yeah. Power of marketing, huh? Okay. Okay, so I think we, we're giving us to you, Piwe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, okay. did, did I put down a, a, a Breakthrough Player of the Year award? No, you didn't. Oh, wait. Because I, did... I mean, I don't know. I don't think we would have Breakthrough Player, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw Big Carl's name in, in that ring. Yo, let's give it to Big yeah, Carl and then I'll move on because I'm going to be in a bit of a rush. The guy I who just was... want to say, we can give it to Carl if you guys want, but I, I, don't, I think that it should be Spoon Corsi. Yeah, can we split this one? Yeah, Carl, yeah, let's, let's Carl for the story and then Spoo for the for the. But let's, just, yeah. let's just agree that Dianti wasn't even the best break breakthrough. No, he, definitely he definitely wasn't. Yeah, the interview okay. ended him. All right, are we doing yeah. team of the year? No, we've done team of the year. No, no, no uh, sorry, like the fifteen fifteen no, no. of the year. No, no, we've got worst tackle technique for an English fly off. <laughs> Ooh, uh, apparently we're going to beat this. the nominees? Apparently we're going to beat this dead horse until for another good yard. Um, the nominees are George Ford. Ooh, okay. Competitive. And Owen Farrell. Ooh, that, that actually makes it tough. Yeah. George Ford. George Ford doesn't have a great tackling technique. Yeah, he's got like he's got a textbook bad tackle. Farrell's yeah. just got like two momentary. Lap. I wouldn't say momentary, but two sort of Ooh. significant lapses of judgment. Um. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling George Ford, but I think I'm going to say that Owen Farrell has the worst tackling technique for an English fly half. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As, as, some, as someone who's created a parody Twitter account called Owen Farrell's Shoulder... Have you got a blue tick for it yet? <laughs> no. I don't even know how to do that. I've only been on Twitter for like a week. I'm very involved. <laughs> Uh, uh, Owen Farrell's shoulder is also my name in Dota at the moment. 
<laughs> yeah. We're getting good mileage out of this dead horse. Yeah, yes. God, we jumped on this bad wagon. Yeah, I'm going to say Owen Farrow is the worst tackling technique for an English yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> then I'm going to move swiftly along and keeping on topic. Worst refereeing decision of the year. Um, Angus Gardner, Farrell shoulder. Oh, there's also <laughs> but you'd also say Yaku Paper with Farrell shoulder. Terrible. Yeah, that was yeah, bad. But, yeah, that one was as bad because he got a second bite of the. One of the few times that World Rugby gets a second bite of the cherry and they ignored it. Yo, they yeah, had, they had a chance at redemption and they fucked it up. So who are we going to give it to, Angus or Yaku? I'd say uh, Angus because Angus is. Angus. Oof, I don't know. Yeah, I just and Angus and then Angus said, "Oh, I'm sorry." Oh, that's the worst. A ref should never publicly yeah. say so that. He's actually from, a bit I think he he's voted for himself on this one. Yeah, yeah. Even, I think even, yeah, a ref because oh, a, a ref should a ref should never do that. A ref should never fucking do that. A ref yeah. should never publicly. They should just never comment on it. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Your um, papers a stinker. Anyway, yes, yeah. Yeah. Now, moving up to moving on. Let us. Look at the more illustrious and what everyone's looking forward to. The specific players in each position of the year. Okay. okay. I so, think we're mostly agree on this. We go quite quickly. Yeah. So, Lucid proper of the year. Beast. Uh, Mikhail Naishavarli. And Carl Tuinakafe. And Steven Kitsov. And, and Stephen Kitsov. He's not on my nominee list. So. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, the nominee list, I didn't really go into depth with nominees for this, so just shout out if, you, if there's someone missing. Yeah. Personally, I think I think Beast was really good. Yeah, no, but he didn't really play. He didn't play any of your tour. So he oh, he missed yeah. one out of three, and Kitsov wrote Pine for two out of three. Uh, I'm going to give it to Carl, just because, um, I mean, the Oak didn't even have a super rugby contract at the start of the year. Yeah, but I mean, that's not... You shouldn't factor that's that. Not, that's 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 for breakthrough. That's for, that's yeah. the story you go for breakthrough. That's not. Well, for I, I then I think Stephen Kitzel had more of an impact this year than Beast. Mm. Speaking, that's my view. I don't know. I wish I could. I wish I could go back and just search. I don't all know. Other uh, props all that. Well. Yeah. But, I mean, the, but like the ratings are skewed because Kitzel played so many games off the bench. Like he was, yeah. he, his impact off the bench was bench amazing. Was always, yeah, that's no, the thing. Kitzel was good. He was good starting. Kitsov had a terrible game yesterday, though. Mm. Oh, and that true. does factor into our, our season. Uh, that does and count. because we have a sensible way of doing this, that, that factors in. So I think yeah. on that, maybe give it to Carl. Okay, let's, let's put uh, the difference and give it to Carl. Yeah, Carl. Okay, yeah. Carl. done. Okay, cool. Hooker of the uh, Cody Taylor, Malcolm Marks. I'm going to go up and say old what's-his-face from the U.S. should be thrown in as well. And Rory Bess. Joe, yeah. Joe Tafita. Tough, yes, I think I think Cody Taylor, Roy Best, yeah, okay. yeah, Jamie George. George, I think uh, I think Cody Taylor. George is pretty Cody Taylor's done well in. Yeah, no, Cody I, Taylor's I, done well in Dan Coles' absence. Yeah, I, he sort I, of made the made the mm-hmm. New Zealand hooker his his position. Yeah. yeah. Cool, Cody Taylor. Cool. cool. Congrats, Cody Taylor. <laughs> Tony Kayla. Tony Kayla, yeah, I really like. I need another beer, I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tight head prop of the year. The most, the most important position of the year. Uh, Tad Furlong. Uh, yeah. Tad Furlong. Well, they have to. Let me just run through a couple of fucking. I know we've got our player of the year. Let me just run through a couple of. Are we going to give him player of the year, but not tight head prop of the year? Yeah, the not prestigious award. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, yeah, it has to be Tad, definitely. But yeah, there's a Carlson Sinclair. 
Wilka, I think, is also in that conversation. Wilka didn't even start. Wilka played like, like 12 third, minutes of international yeah, rugby. Like, officially, he's the third best Springbok uh, prop. So. Yeah, true. Okay, so actually, France Mohaber should be on the nominee list, whether he wins or yes. not, though, yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on. The, more, the all illustrious number four lock of the year. <laughs> We've got Brody, Brody. Ritalik, James Ryan, and Eben Etzebeth. Brody. Mm, yeah, I'll give it a Brody. Bit of super I know you've played a few games, but, but he's still better. Yeah, he's still better. better. Done. Okay. Number five lock of the year. Ben's favorite Ben's favorite man. Alec Wynn Jones. Very tough. Devin Turner or Sam mm-hmm. Whitelock? I I'd give it I'd give it a Devin Turner. He's really special. Sam Whitelock had a cut game against Ireland. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 I don't know, like I Alan Wynn Jones had a really good Six Nations. Yeah, and he okay. didn't look too bad in November either. I'm, He's I'm a good leader as well, but is that necessarily the number five lock attribute? Uh, no, but it doesn't hurt. Like I think we t- we can take that into account for like for a season. Yeah, I, I'm almost not... inclined to lean with Alan Wynn Jones. I know Ben won't ever say anything. No, no. Like this is my thing. I don't have anything against Welsh players. It's just the concept of Wales infuriates me. Other than Gavin Hanson. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck. We had a. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wish the I wish people who listened were more privy to the WhatsApp group. We just <laughs> took the piss out of Gavin Hanson for like a whole day. It was great. <laughs> favorite, favorite, all right, so are we fifty-fifty on this, or are we are we three in favor of Alan Wynne Jones? Adam, who are you picking? Uh, I want a toner. Okay, so ben? we're fifty-fifty. Uh, you know, I'll, go Ale- I'll go Ellen Jones. Okay, Adam, you're on the island. Alright, it's okay. Yeah. And replacement. Let's, let's try to pick this up. Uh, the episode yeah. has really run quite long. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. And then there are no other nominees. <laughs> yes. Okay, next. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this away from you. If you don't stop. I mentioned. Matt, are you there? Yeah, sorry. I dropped out and back again. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yo, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Scotch playing games. Uh, you can't hear us. Okay. Uh, okay, um, Adam, Adam, take over. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take over. Next, we have the... What do we have here? The open side flank of the year. The nominees are... If I could just find the link. You're going slower than Matt was. No, i got to find a link. I only had my thing open initially so you just gotta give okay. me okay it's, it's it's David Pocock David Pocock's the best open side flank in the world even though he, even though he plays 8th man there okay he back one, he played one game at open side flank that's all I needed oh for yeah, him. yeah he's the best in the world then yeah. fair enough right then the next position <laughs> okay so open side flank good yeah then blind side flank of the year sorry Matt um, I've, I've, no, taken, no, still, still, I've, I've taken over I'm just gonna say blind side flank of the year I'm gonna throw Michael Leach in that position as well no. That's fair. <laughs> no. Adam just doesn't get like a, t- a player who's on a losing team. No, well, Even I, though he's much I drafted, I field. actually drafted him in draft, and he did fuck all for me. So that, that's Yeah, but why. that's super rugby, Adam. That's not what we're including. <laughs> uh, letting your emotions anyway, you're anyway, judging that. Anyway, of the year, uh, all we have on the sheet is Peter Steph to toy. And that's so, all we need on the sheet. Let's move yeah. on. Shout out to your money. Yeah. Uh, eighth man of the year? Are you proud of me now, Chris? It's uh, 
It's we have we only have CJ Stunder, and it wasn't a great year for eighth medal round. I would say Stunder though has had a fantastic year. Happy? Yeah, I mean especially because like Billy Volapolo came to South Africa and got his ass handed to him by Fafdeklin <laughs> and injured. Um, scrum off of the year: Connor Murray, Aaron Didn't... Smith. Aaron Smith, I thought actually had a pretty. He was Connor Murray. Yeah, it's Connor Murray. Yeah, Connor Murray. Connor Murray, he's so he's like the modern scrum half. Like this is what scrum halves have become. Like actually, you know what? You know what? Old school scrum half, Laidlaw. Laidlaw for the classic. I I would pick Laidlaw over Smith this season. Flop dear, you got Sexton and Barrett. Yeah, Sexton. Yeah, Sexton. Left wing of the year, ooh, tough one. Rico versus Jacob Stockdale. I'm going to flying contravention say Stockdale. No, I'm going to say Rico. I think Rico was better. Like, Rico was so dominant against France and in the rugby championship. Uh, I, I like Stockdale. Um, Stockdale's like the 10 like in the world. It's inside Sensei uh, Adam? of the Year. Uh, I, I was going to go with Rico. Okay. For in, for inside Sensei of the Year, Rico? No, 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 no. I don't know what we had inside Sensei. I don't know what we had inside Sensei because I put a question mark there. Oh, not who intensifies. Uh, <laughs> uh, who, who, who was your nominee for Inside Center of the Year? Uh, Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell, I think, actually, despite no, all his no. controversy. Yeah, no, look, he, he played well. He did. Uh, who plays at 12 for Ireland? If you don't know, then he probably wasn't better than Owen Farrell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, no, but it was uh, it was Ring Rose and Aki were the centers. Uh, Aki's a 13. I, I, okay, I, I'll just not vote. I'll abstain. Okay, can I yes. can I go controversial and say Pat Lambie? No. <laughs> I mean, you wait. You can say Andre Pollard. Andre Pollard is the inside centre of the year. I'll jump across to Lambie if that's on the table. Never played a game there in his life. Inside centre of the year. Good job, Pat. I'd rather have oh, uh, Andre Pollard. If we give it to Lambie. Give it to Lambie. We must subtweet um, uh, Jan Serfontein just to say we'd rather have Lambie there than you. Stay where you are. Uh, outside center of the year, uh, we only have Jonathan Davies and wasn't. Uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't a great year for outside center. No, not, not really. he, he, he is quite right wing of the year. I'm a little bit conflicted by this. I see you listed Ben Smith. I mean, I could get down with that, but. I feel like yeah, anyway. I've talked about the magnificence that is Ben Smith often enough. I'm, I'm happy with that. It's, and, and, it's Ben Smith, yeah. Yeah, he was really good. He was good. Yeah, I think giving it to him there's a good idea because then we say fullback open for someone else. Yeah, that's Stuart yeah. Hogg. Stuart Hogg's fullback of the year. I think so. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, Falau was really shit this year. I think uh, Jamie yeah. McKenzie didn't really establish himself. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, Lamar, Lamar and Carney sort of switched between themselves. England didn't really have a set of fifteen. Vili was so so fucking. How about, how about this? How about this? We give Ben Smith flat fullback of the year, and Cheslin Colby right wing of the year, and then and just has an epileptic fit and dies. <laughs> and, and takes us a lot more seriously than we do. We can't we can't just inflame him. No, no, if, but just, just like I hope Ant doesn't listen to this episode while driving. Right, <laughs> moving swiftly along, coach of the year, Joe Schmidt. Yeah, Joe Schmidt. Uh, lads on mm. tour award, Nick Phipps in a car suit, Jesse Creel, the Burka, <laughs> and the Rassi tackling video. 
So I think I, Jesse Krenner Burke for shutting down uh, an entire fucking hotel. No, I'm giving it, <laughs> I'm giving it to Rassi. Because Rassi went to a big effort to uh, show yeah, Rassi, Rassi did go viral. And, and, he, and he roped in Andre Esterhazen. He didn't do it alone. Yeah, yeah. But Rassi... Uh, Jesse Krill got interviewed by the police and had to explain why he was carrying a burqa and why his laundry was ticking. I guess I, uh, who, even, who even has an alarm clock these days, though? What like an old school one that ticks. For, um, for fuck? Guess, oh. Who has the alarm clock, Benny? He had a fucking burqa in his bag. Who has an alarm clock? I must admit, um, on <laughs> Tech Torch, a burqa as an outfit. Apart from it being like, what the fuck, it's, it's quite offensive, actually. Yeah, it is, it is a bit offensive. Uh, okay, okay, I'll give it to Jesse Creel. I've changed my mind now that I've thought about it. I, I would love to watch the security footage of Jesse Creel buying a burqa. Yeah. I think that would just be... Like, um, like just the, the, the eyes the cashier would give him. Okay, we, Do you think he bought it for Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay um, cringiest, cringiest Twitter buyer award, we didn't have, there's nothing here. Oh, uh, uh, can I just give it to every Lions player and former Lions player? They oh, have the cringiest Twitter bios you'll ever read. Oh, they're like religious. If we're saying cringiest social media account instead of Twitter, can I nominate Adam? <laughs> <laughs> for for what? field, whatever. What did I do? <laughs> okay, McNulty, your Instagram bio is the cringiest thing I've ever read. What? Your Instagram bio. What? What? what, what? The fact that woke um, woke needs no filter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but my name's Wokefield. I'm so glad I was being introspective about mine. Like I, I call myself Wokefield on Twitter, and it's a joke. Okay, I, I don't know if the, if the level of humor. W- would Would you say it's become a bit of a joke field? Um, no. <laughs> no. The best commentator no, that was, award is... That was, uh, that was a bit of a low blow, then. Konda... Oh. Uh, Konda Njuna, or the uh, Issy Kalasa commentary, uh, along with Sean Maloney when he's doing sevens, not rebels. i got to give it to the Issy Kalasa commentary. Those looks great. Yeah. The, yeah, I don't the know what's happening, but Jeepers, they, they sell it to me. Yeah, eh? they bring the here. So, yeah, um, they went viral. Again, we all... Also, also the, Irish, the Irish guys were great. Like, because Ireland-New Zealand was actually a pretty dull game, hmm. but I just got so caught up in, like, the narrative, and then, yeah, yeah it was great. I've also but, heard, yeah, look, yeah. Uh, Sean Maloney at Sevens is awesome. I've also yeah. heard yeah. Uh, good things about... I was listening to him today, actually. Our, our Afrikaans commentary. I've heard it's actually pretty good. Uh, it's just a society... I'm look, I don't speaking of Afrikaans country, I'm looking forward to... I'm hoping that Supersport sends uh, Kubis Visser and Tox Linda to the World Cup because they did the last one and those two are, I think, our power duo when it comes to Afrikaans commentary. How, yeah, they're just also fuck off massive. No, that too. Worst commentator award, well, now that you mentioned it, Matthew Pierce, the English commentary, Australian commentary, Welsh commentary. The Australian commentary, I think, is better than fair. As Oaks are one eye, uh, uh, it's got to go to Pierce, and whichever poor soul has to sit yeah. next to him. He's terrible. Yeah. He's absolutely Pierce. terrible. Pierce is bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like your choices of best haircuts of the award, uh, and worst haircut mm-hmm. of the award. They are linked. George Bridge, Pierce yeah. is basic. George Bridge pre-haircut, Liam Squire. Yeah. Um, it's got to go to George Bridge because Wait. Liam Squire is oh. horrible. For best? Yeah. I didn't have Liam Squire for best, did I? Did yeah. I have him down for worst? 
No, you had him. You got him. I thought you were being um, quite quite woke. Since someone said the word by, by having him in best and worst. Well, I thought it was. I was just playing to to the audience. Like I know uh, it's a debate we have. But it, it does go to George Bridge. Him and his magnificent locks. Correct. Yeah, George Bridge. George Bridge without a haircut is yeah. best haircut. So in uh, we do understand this award is somewhat biased towards Super Rugby, but you know we're in the southern hemisphere. Where's the cut of the year I, award? I... Yeah. Sorry, Ben was going to say something. Uh, I was going to say, I have a soft spot for Eben, Eben's hair. I'm not sure how he does it, like how it sort of toughs up. I don't think like, he does I think, do it. I think he, he puts a scrub cap on and then takes it off. That's my fear. <laughs> <laughs> just, just before he runs on. Puts a scrub cap on, like, pulls a bit out. Hairsprays those bits stiff and then takes off his scrum cap. I think he warms up in a scrum cap and then takes it off to play. That's my theory on everything. Um, Maybe he showers in a scrum cap. Worst, <laughs> worst haircut of the year awards. Um, it's actually quite competitive. Elton Yankees, Clinton Blomakis, Liam Squire, and George Bridge post haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Clayton. Yo, no, I have to say Clayton. Yeah, definitely. Bad. Yeah, it was bad. No, he's terrible. I played cricket against him. He's actually he's quite a good cricketer, uh, weirdly enough. I think I've mentioned that before, but just by all claims. You have. I have. Not okay. weird. It makes perfect sense. He'll be good at cricket. Neck of the year. Uh, what's this? Camille Chat. Chat. The French cricketer is like, he, oh, yeah. he looks like a thumb. Uh, yeah. you, <laughs> you got Bongi. Like and, then, and then you have a literal rhinoceros. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's in that order, by the way. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, guess, I, guess I think this one's order. ranked already. Yeah, a, l- a little rhinoceros is third. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's it. Are there any other awards? Any other awards? Uh, I think so. Are we, actually, are we uh, going to have Podcaster of the Year? The ERB Podcaster of the Year, by the way. We take a quick vote. Is that, is that us? Yeah, we could vote for, vote for podcast every year, and you can't vote for yourself. We have, we have to focus. We have to vote for one another. Yes. Why don't we have? Why don't we have a vote on Twitter? And we can just see that nobody cares about what we do. Yeah, no, no. That, that's why we need a vote. That's why we need a vote. Come on. That's so cringe. Imagine doing it. Yes. Uh, so you're not allowed to vote for yourself. No. Okay, Alex, you could. We'll do it in alphabetical order. Um, that puts me first. Oh. I mean, geez, A, oh, A, okay, B. Okay. Do you do you want to go okay, first? Okay. No, you go first. Okay, okay, Let's do that. Let's do your order. I guess I have to give it to Alex because of all the hard work he puts on Twitter and keeping the intern in line. So, uh, which, which, uh, that, that graph is hard to replace. So, yeah. Okay. Well, this is bad because now it seems like this is reciprocal, but I, I'm going to give it to Adam because he, <laughs> he's literally, the, if, it, if it wasn't for Adam, we literally wouldn't have anything to put, like, to put out every week. Oh, because I'm literally the, uh, the, the, the sound wave guy. You're the, you're the Franco Mustard of the team. <laughs> oh, fuck, he's going to Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> God, he's joining, he's joining Fantasy Rugby Podcast next year. God damn it. <laughs> this is how we're announcing it. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Imagine, imagine you got an offer, Adam. What, what, would that, what would it take to lure you away from okay. it? To Gloucester. If like Egg Chaser said, listen, mate, yeah. we want you on, but we, we want you exclusively, what would they have to offer you? Uh, they'd have they to basically offer me have... about 5,000 pounds a month. And basically promise that they won't call him a Bulls fan. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, I'm getting sick of that. Yeah, fuck off. If, if they offered me a crisp high five, I would walk. <laughs> well, Ben, uh, now it's your, your turn to vote. Who, who's uh, podcast of the year? 
And if this ends up, if we all end up voting for each other and it's onesies, uh, we, then we can all... Mm. Oh, are, we, are we just going to onesies this? I don't know, but you need to... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to be realistic here. Like, I, I appreciate Alex, Alex's rants, especially. Yes, yes. I appreciate Matt's hard work and sensible <laughs> oh, head. Oh, God. But, I, but, then, but then I appreciate, God, this is just a big self-gratification, nice little group circle jerk going on here. <laughs> Uh, but then, obviously, without when Adam's not here, I guess the the mark of like is how much your team misses you when you're not there. Yes. And Adam, when you're not here, it's a complete shit show. Yeah. So on that note, I think you're you're my ERB That's podcaster fine. of the year. So you're getting me all hot and sweaty. I'm busy uh, flapping away with my hand in front of me. I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, a fan. <laughs> Actually, Flap, I have... flapping away while we were on it. No, I said flapping. I, like <laughs> I said flapping. There you go. There it is. There it is. So, no, thank you. Um, I, I did fail this episode. <laughs> the noise didn't make it better at all. No, I, 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 I did fail on this one. <laughs> That's because Matt's oh, took forever. Really, Adam, really. Adam, 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 please promise me you're not going to re-listen to this and touch yourself. <laughs> uh, Matt, who do you vote for? I don't know. I'm going to have to give it to my favorite Bulls fan. Blue Bernard. Blue Bernard. I'm so sick of that joke. I do not support Bernard the Bulls. Oh, Christ. I'm sick of this. I actually don't support the Bulls. To all of you who are listening out there, every week, in the, almost every day... <laughs> Send help. I don't need help. Yeah, even Ant. Even Ant. Uh, hits me with being a Bulls fan. And sometimes his remarks are like cutting, hey? You know, out of yeah, nowhere. And, and, <laughs> and it's like clinical, like, where he goes for the jugular, like, he doesn't fuck around. Eh? Yes, it's does. Actually, he's got a dancer. Just to be clear, if you weren't doing this, like, this awards thing, I would never have said nice things about you guys. I, I hate you all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. You've um, ruined my life. Okay. Uh, if, is that going to wrap it up? Are we done? Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the podcast of the year. Um, yes, you are. But it does sound oh, like he's, he's never going to stop going on about this, is he? Yeah. Uh, so so that, that, oh. that, that's going to do it for me, the ERB podcast of the year. Um, <laughs> Adam, are you adding it to your Instagram I, I changed my vote to Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm changing my vote to Matt. Well done, Matt. <laughs> I'm changing my vote to Ant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Matt wins 2 1 1. Yeah, uh, okay, coming from me, Adam, no longer the podcaster of the year. Former, former. Yeah, one time ERB podcaster yeah, of the year. I'm like, uh, I'm like, um, weekend special. Uh, this, was, this was like the Oscars where La La Land won the. Won the <laughs> One and then they just gave it to them, and they realized they grouped and read the wrong influence. Or like for that Miss Universe. Oh god, yes. <laughs> okay, that's that's gonna wrap it up for that's this. That's it, you didn't watch somebody lately with the actual right person as one. That's gonna wrap it up for this uh, episode of Elite Driving Bands, and we do apologize for the slightly longer one. I will try to keep it to a bit short. So we're gonna be focusing on more one topic special content uh, over the next few weeks. We're gonna hopefully get all that stuff coming, but he's keep coming back every week. Uh, well, I, I can't thank myself. But I can certainly thank Alex. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Adam. It was yeah, it was long, but it was worth it. Thank indeed, you. indeed. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us. And the podcast was good too. Yeah. Thanks for having. Me. Pleasure. Uh, <laughs> that? We really going to have to emphasize the explicit content this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, and Matt, thank, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, as as reigning champion. It is my pleasure, and okay. I hope to keep the division strong during my title reign. Oh. 
What have you guys done? That's gonna wrap Looking forward to a good thing, night. We will see you next week. Thanks. Give me one sec. Good job, guys. No, good work. That one that one took a minute, Yeah, it took a while, but it got better it got better towards the end. My Skype was only seventeen minutes long. Should tell people to to listen to it. I have an hour and 53 um, minutes. It's long. Oh. All right, I oh, do you think we could give ourselves an award for longest podcast? Yeah. I think put, put something in the title about how, how we... I don't know, the, the best material... Trust us, it gets, be, trust us, it just gets better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the series that... What, what's, one of the, what's, the, what's like one of those more recent series where you have to watch like the, the first four episodes of dog shit before it gets good? Uh, like, it's uh, like um, uh, Parks and Recreation. The first couple of episodes are pretty meh, and then it, then it takes off. Arrested the Development, it only gets better once you've watched the entire thing four times. Then it's oh, the yeah, no. watched. Yeah, no, Arrested Development is... I think is just, a, just, do yeah. that, just do that clickbaity thing where you say, listen to the end, that people yeah. always put on their videos. For a, sho- people, for a shocking people plot to People can it, actually yeah. just listen yeah. to the end, though. They can just skip. Just say in brackets... You, just say in brackets, like you won't believe what happens at one hour and forty two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I, I, I don't know.